Welcome to Nerds Collide, a podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey. And I'm Justin. Together, we're just a couple of nerds. Just a couple of nerds! What's up, nerd? What up, nerd? Oh, you a nerd? <laughs> I could have swore you was. Not much. Just, uh, just waking up, you know? Just waking up, drinking some water. My old dehydrated ass. Yeah, well, I'm I'm uh I'm fresh off that suspension life. Oh yeah, back to work like a jerk. Yeah, so a little bit a little bit of story time here, dear listener. <laughs> I was suspended from work last week, so uh you know I was a little tired. I work nights and uh I dozed off a little bit, and <laughs> apparently I dozed off for a little bit longer than I thought, and I got caught and. The uh, the supervisor who caught me isn't my normal supervisor, and he decided to make a bigger deal about it than it probably was. And he took a video of me recording, and apparently I had, like, my mouth open and everything. Holy so, moly. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny is, like, I have a good working relationship with the, the other machine operators, like, around me. So when they seen that, like, supervisor approaching me, like, <laughs> they were like, one dude was like calling my phone over and over, like trying to see if like I would feel the vibration in my pocket. This other guy was like throwing bottles in my direction, apparently, and he got caught throwing bottles. And he was told that if he woke me up, he was gonna get in trouble too, which is just stupid because like the machine wasn't running anyway. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I was pulled into the office. You know what's what really ticked me off is like, so I opened my eyes and I seen the guy standing there. And I'm like, oh, hey. He was like, what's up, man? You fell asleep? I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I dozed off for a few minutes. My apologies. And, you know, he made it seem like it really wasn't a big deal. He was like, you know, you okay? Do you do you need me to give you a break? You need to go sit down for a second? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to sit back down. I'm going to stand up. Because I was only going to be there for a few minutes anyway. My, you know, I don't have, like, a home machine to run at work. My job is to go around and make sure that, all the people running machines get their break. So I'm only at a certain spot for like no more than 35 minutes anyway. So he made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then, I, you know, after he left, that's when the people, you know, my coworkers kind of told me that he took a video, that he took like 30 pictures of me. So I'm like, okay, I wonder like where this is going. So I go to take my last break, which is like an hour, it's more like 45 minutes before the end of the shift. And he catches me walking to break. He's like, hey, can you come with me for a second? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And on the way to his office, he grabs uh, my union rep or one of the union reps. So I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be good. So he pulls me into the office. And so he he goes to like the head head production supervisor who came in in the morning and showed him the video. And without even talking to me or like, trying to get any information on the situation or what led to me potentially, you know, not potentially because I did, but led to me dozing off at the machine. He told the guy like, oh yeah, suspend him pending investigation. Tell him to clock out and leave now. And this was a Thursday. So, you know, I go home and then, you know, I'm, I'm texting, texting back and forth with my union rep and he's not really giving me many answers and I didn't hear really anything until 
this past Friday. They called me in the morning. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, so um, basically we struck a deal and you can come back to work. We'll probably bring you back Monday. And, uh, you know, as long as you don't get caught sleeping again, you're fine. Like, okay. Then they call me like five minutes later, like, oh no, you're on the, you're going to be on the schedule for tonight. You got to come in tonight and then you're going to be on the schedule for the weekend. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's so incredibly ridiculous that they were just like, yeah, you can come back tonight with like no warning. Like, yeah, the first one make like Apparently, obviously it worked out, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So then I get back to work and then yesterday, um, the union steward or the, the head union steward, he pulls me to the side and he basically tells me like they wanted me gone. They wanted to terminate me. Like, so I've worked there for three years and (laughs) my record is clean. Like there's nothing on there, which at this job is rare because they'll, they'll write you up for just about anything. But I've like, I've stayed out of the way. I haven't caused any issues for like the three years that I've been there. And I guess that's what ended up ultimately saving me, which is ridiculous. Cause it was like my first offense. Yeah. And like, me falling asleep really didn't cause like, it didn't cause any quality holds or anything like the machine was down, but yeah. So I got a I got a week's unpaid vacation, which is how I'm kind of choosing to look at it now. <laughs> My thing is like, he asked you if everything was okay. Like, wouldn't they first look internally and be like, "Oh man, maybe we're working them too much," like, which they are. <laughs> so my job used to work us 21 days straight. And then you get one day off and then that 21 days reset and you you will be potentially forced to work another 21 days straight. If you have high enough seniority, you can potentially get a weekend off. But my seniority number isn't high enough yet to where I would get a weekend off. But then lately we've been we've been doing 13 and ones, which. I mean, it's a difference and it's a step in the right direction, but 13 days straight to get one day off is still yeah like awful it, when you do that consistently months on end it it wears on you but yeah um so you know i was i was i was real salty for a few days because you know they 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 fucked my money up in the middle of me trying to to move and yeah so but you know what yeah, um, did they ask? Did they ask about any outside no, circumstances? No, they don't. No, they do not care what I had going on in my life that led to me falling asleep at all. And you know what's funny is the day that I came back, because like I said, my job is to give people breaks. I walked up to like two or three people to give them their break, and they were asleep. <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey, man, you know, wake up." <laughs> <laughs> hey man, be like me. Hey man, you want to get fired? You want to get suspended? Yeah, but you know the way I look at it is, you know, I I got to spend a week week at home with my daughter, and I got to spend a lot of quality time that you know I haven't really been able to spend as much quality time with her as I would like because of my work schedule. So it it all worked out really. All's well that ends. Am I right? 
Yeah, but you know, now I'm back to work and <laughs> I'm back to work in uh thirteen days straight. Jesus. Well, that's not their problem. You shouldn't be falling asleep. Should be getting good night's rest. What are you doing? Um, yeah. Jobs are dumb. Jobs are dumb and so is capitalism and uh America and the American working system and all that jazz. You know what I was talking about with somebody? I was like, why do I have to buy a house? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, why do I have to buy a house? Like, I there are so many abandoned buildings in this country and abandoned houses. Like, I don't know, man. As a citizen, I think you have, as a human, you have a right to, like, a place of shelter. And seeing as how many fucking abandoned buildings and houses we have in this nation everyone should have a fucking house doesn't like and they're like what do you mean you gotta pay for it i'm like why the fuck i have to pay to live like <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> yeah. dumb. life is the biggest fucking scam ever <laughs> just just a way to make money over a 30 year period um right but Another bright point of my suspension was uh you you recommended a film. I did recommend a film. I recommended the nineteen eighty three classic. Whoa, that was real loud on the microphone. It was all <laughs> red. The nineteen eighty three classic Sleepaway Camp. So I had never heard of this movie before. Oh really? I had, I yeah. just never had seen it. Um and I, it's funny, I had never heard anything about it, though. So I knew it existed. I knew it was, um, I knew it was, like, a summer camp horror film in the style of, like, uh, Friday the 13th. But other than that, I had no clue about any of the plot or anything. So, which is good. So, so yeah. Yep, yeah, so, so that's what this week's episode is going to be about we're going to be talking about sleep away camp and right off the bat man bravo great recommendation man. i did it great great recommendation i honestly it's one of the best recommendations for a film i've ever had <laughs> like I, I i've been i've been trying to be real strategic not to tell you like my thoughts on the film like i've been waiting to tell you here but i love that movie so much <laughs> i love it so so much and, and you know what this is my promise to you because you brought this movie into my life never again will i rag on you for taking so long to watch rogue one <laughs> oh. oh you're <man>. forgiven <laughs> <laughs> i've totally redeemed myself yeah, so so bravo, man. Great recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Um that movie is this movie is well, I'll get into it, but I'm just gonna say right off the bat, this movie is so wild that like I could not believe one that I had never gotten anything about it spoiled for me. And two Yeah. Um two that it, it's just it's just so absurd and audacious like it's 
Yeah, I, like a part I think, of me was just like, I can't believe this actually happened. Right. I think it. I think it's really unique to to be able to sit down and watch a movie from 1983 and like basically go into it blind. Yeah. Especially someone like myself who kind of like prides myself on being a fan of horror and consuming a lot of horror movies, but I probably don't watch enough horror movies from the eighties. And anyway, but yeah, I I went in this completely blind. I didn't read like any description or anything like that. I just turned it on. Yeah, and, uh, the, it's funny though. The description doesn't uh, doesn't really give you anything anyway, which is great. Um, yeah, it, it gives you nothing. It's just like like let me let me look it up. So while you look it up, I guess I will say that. Um, this film does have a a shock ending, and we're going to refrain from spoiling that until we actually want to talk about it, and then we'll issue a spoiler warning. But I would say that if if you're a fan of horror, and, or just if you're a fan of film at all, and you haven't seen this, then, you know, maybe just click pause on this for now. You know, go to Peacock, watch it real quick, and then come right back. Yeah, it's streaming a ton of places. Peacock. It's on like Tubi and Freebie and uh, Amazon Prime, I think, through one of those third-party apps. Um, yeah, yeah, Philo, which is also it's it's nine ninety nine on Apple TV. I'm just like, all right, Apple, come on, <laughs> the Roku channel's got it for free. You want me to pay for it? Yeah. I guess as like a a trigger warning, we will say that there are some uh some uh pretty pretty heavy uh situations in this movie. Um like there is a uh there is a what am I trying to say here? There is a suggestion that one of the camp counselors is a child molester. Um well, not really suggesting, just like kind of outright says it. Uh, yeah, no, he is. <laughs> there is, or said child molester, uh, almost molests our main character. Yeah, there's a there's teenage sex, you know, all that stuff that's in eighties slasher movies. Yeah, this this whole movie is kind of one one big trigger warning, so. You know, just be aware of that when you're when you're going into it. But uh, yeah, I couldn't find a uh, description, I, which is funny because I found it last week. But now, now, just uh, let's see if I can. Maybe I'm it. just a little sleepy guy. I'm just a actually, little sleepy guy. Actually, let me uh, let me pull oh, it wait, up on Peacock. Here it is. Oh, you got it. Go ahead. Bunks and the showers are a mad stabber's beat at a summer camp strictly for teens. And I'm just like. All right. <laughs> okay, so they said a mad stabber's dream. I'm trying to think back. Most of those kills weren't stabbings, but okay. Um. Yeah, there's only one. Well, I'm going to assume two with the last one. But other than that, I think there's only one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so today we're talking about Sleepaway Camp. It was written and directed by Robert Hildzik. 
which I think honestly is the only movie. Well, no, he he came back apparently to write and direct the 2003 sequel, Return to Sleepaway Camp, and uh, which ignores uh, two, three, and four. I think which two I'll get into uh, briefly, I guess um, later maybe, but because I watched like three quarters of th- of two I should say and uh yeah it uh it's not very good <laughs> so um I, honestly I don't even know if this movie is very good but it's just shocking and uh I don't know we'll get into it but uh yeah Robert Hiltzik he wrote and directed Sleepaway Camp came out in 1983 it was it had a budget of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it grossed eleven million dollars in the box office. So it uh the filming of Sleepaway Camp took place in uh, Argyle, New York, which you can tell because everyone in this fucking movie is like wearing New York Yankee and attire and like there are so many people in this movie that are like so New York like in their accent, just like <laughs> like honestly hilarious. like the two kids at the beginning of the movie are like straight they pulled straight up from like the Bronx just like come over here like come on stop messing with me ah. and uh <laughs> yeah I'm just like this is awesome but uh yeah sleepaway camp we're getting into it so uh okay so right now Okay, so you know how I was introduced to the film. Um, so was this a movie that you've seen as a kid that you kind of grew up with, or was this something that somebody no. recommended to you? No, literally, as an like, adult? literally, like when I texted you about what, like, about the movie, I had like just watched it. So, oh, really? Um, so actually, I was uh, scrolling. My girlfriend and I were scrolling through movies, uh, somewhere. Some I think it was Amazon Prime. And uh she she was like, Oh yeah, Sleepaway Camp. I was like, Oh yeah, that's a movie like I've seen and know about but have never actually watched. She was like, You should watch it, so we watched it. And then after the ending she was like, I couldn't wait for uh <laughs> I couldn't wait for the ending because I was just like kinda watching you and uh <laughs> Like in antis- eager anticipation of uh, your views and also like you watching it, your reaction to it. So, yeah, I hadn't watched it until this year and I've watched it twice now. So, samesies. I rewatched it last night so that it was fresh in my mind. I, uh, I did watch it with my one of my best friends, Mackenzie. And uh, after we watched it, she said, that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole life, Justin. <laughs> uh, Mackenzie, if you're listening, uh, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new favorite movie, and I'm not accepting any slander. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's, I got some notes, so let's go over to this film. All right. The film opens. The shots of uh, what you assume to be an abandoned camp. And there's, like, noises of past campers. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that I love that beginning. Uh, 
It's all it's all creepy. The score is really good too. Yeah. That intro that intro theme sounds amazing. Okay, so then that part's really good, right? But then they cut to all these people on a lake. And then that's where you get the the most New York kids I've ever seen on a film ever. Like including like gangster films. They're just these two little kids like Get off me, huh? What are you doing? <laughs> they might as well be like Italian and like doing this with their hands, which I'll get to eventually. Uh, and by <laughs> this with their hands, I mean like holding their thumb against their index and a middle finger and it's like the stereotypical Italian, like, forget about it. Forget about it, huh? <laughs> but yeah, these two little kids are straight up. They pulled from like deep in uh, the Bronx in New York and are just like, can you say these lines? And they're like, go off me, huh? So anyway, little, little, I was going to say hijinks and Sue, but I was like, that guy dies. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, well, well, hijinks do Sue because the, the kids decide to play a prank on their old man and tip the boat, <laughs> which it just looks like he turns over and flips it himself. Yeah, so I don't understand that part. Like, they're like whispering. They're like, shush each other and then they push him and then he's just like it falls in the water then simultaneously it's showing two teens driving a boat with another teen on the back like wakeboarding i think it's called or water skiing i don't remember if she was on skis or a surfboard which is great because she's like or sorry the two teens driving uh the passenger and driver i guess are like yeah this is so much fun and then it cuts to the girl and she's like guys stop <laughs> and i thought that was so fucking funny my my favorite part about their dialogue together is when you know she, he eventually caves in and lets her drive and like she barely gets in the seat and has a hold of the steering wheel or or whatever it's called on a boat right and he's just like not so fast it's like calm down dude she's going the same speed you were just going she she hasn't done anything yet <laughs> and you know really she did nothing wrong everything that happened was his fault <laughs> yeah why aren't these two looking at where they're going like especially right. him because they made him out to be very cautious he was very concerned about her driving and then he's not gonna look at where she's going like he's more he's more interested in the girl crying while being towed behind him so anyway as you can probably guess boat uh starts aiming for these two kids and the dad and uh just creams the dad <laughs> just fucking creams him then you see his his lifeless body float. I I love my favorite part about that is the guy on land who, who's hunting. When it happens, he's just like John. <laughs> John, like you just see who we find, who we later find out. To yeah, be, right. His, uh, his, you know, his you lover. love her. <laughs> just gets de decapitated, <laughs> and your reaction is, John. <laughs> oh, this whole thing is going to be a spoiler warning. So, hopefully, yeah, you we're, stopped. We're, and uh, we, listen, we gave the warning. We're, we're not going to spoil the end yet. We're going to issue another spoiler warning for that. 
Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> you weren't just going into this like, oh, I'll be fine. And now you're like, what? He's gay. The gay community. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, man, they're gay, and that's fine. Jeez, get over yourself. So anyway, they show his lifeless body floating in the water, and then they show a kid, which I'll get to at the end. But uh, they show a kid from behind, and then they show a life jacket that's all shredded. So you're like, oh, man, one of these kids is dead. Then it cuts. Honestly, so I get that this is like a setup, but then... So you have the beginning where it shows the camp, and it's abandoned, and it has the... the uh, tracks of like laughter in the screen then it cuts to this and then it cuts to a strange woman and you meet ricky who was mentioned in uh the scene prior to this by one of the new york kids and i'm just like i don't understand why we had this this and then this like and there was no like oh five years earlier like and i yeah i guess i sort and, of get it because they didn't they want you they want it to be a mystery but i'm just kind of like this seems unnecessary to have like three beginnings to a movie essentially yeah and and ricky was brought up in kind of like a throwaway line where you know if you're not like locked into the film like you might miss it yeah okay fucking aunt martha man dude this lady is by far the most terrifying thing in this entire movie. Oh yeah. I I love her. She's uh she is amazing. <laughs> I yeah, I love when she looks to the side and is like addressing herself. Oh no. Yeah, she just oh, keeps no, like that simply can't do. Oh no. They want to prove of that, will they? <laughs> well, I think there's a whole bag. <laughs> yeah her Listen, performance is really great uh so i i was after i watched this movie for the second time i actually listened to this podcast about it um and they said in the podcast that the actress uh desiree gould actually nearly quit the movie because of you know she had she didn't she had issue with i guess delivering the lines that way and it, it it just seems like instead of quitting, she just went all the way with it. <laughs> so I feel like th this is a point in the film where you're either going to be really intrigued or you're going to turn it off. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of the, the point of uh, No Return. Th yeah. This next, this next, uh, yeah, this scene in the the camp scene, which like is kind of bold as a filmmaker to be like, "Hey, man, some weird stuff's gonna happen, probably." And then um, we, I'll get into the, we'll get into the next scene, but yeah, it's kind of bold choice to be like, "Hey, it's only getting weirder from here, all right," and uh, and actually commit to it. But yeah, she's great. Uh, we meet Ricky, meet Angela, little Angela, um, who, you know, we, do they ever actually say that she is, uh, the survivor or is it just kind of like, not even implied, um, it just shows her. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's implied through that opening scene when they were asking about their cousin Ricky. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's implied there, but but again, it's such a throwaway line that you might miss it. But you know, it's not hard to pick up on on it as the film goes on. So then the kids go to camp. I just want to point out that all these buses are pulling up to this camp, and these kids are immediately running towards camp. like they don't it's so many children running just as fast as they can to camp and i'm like there are so many kids i love how these kids are running full speed and mel and ronnie are standing there like trying to give instructions like yo this kid just flew by you going 25 miles an hour he didn't hear shit you just said yeah about then, a meeting in the rec room one of the kids literally runs into them like yeah just falls just crashes right into them drops his bag he leaves the scene and then is like oh shit i left my bag and then runs back like he was going so fast that he didn't even realize he, he didn't realize he left his bag there. Then we get the we get a uh oh also shout out to Ronnie's uh nineteen eighties nineteen eighties uh slut camp counselor attire where he's just went rocking the short shorts and uh I I was like, Alright Ronnie <laughs> See yep, yep, shout out shout out to shout out to the wardrobe department. <laughs> All right, Ronnie, I'll see you there. Um and we'll see more and, we'll see more of Ronnie later. And by that yeah, I mean Ron- we're, we're gonna see the outline of his whole penis through his shorts. Um I was, It is funny. It is funny that Ronnie ends up being one of the few likable characters in this movie though <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> like good. everything about him visually screams like weird pedo <laughs> or just like, <laughs> like douche castle. like yeah yeah or roided out douche but he ends up being like <laughs> the sweetest guy ever <laughs> yeah so anyway then we get a shot of the uh kids or sorry not the kids the the cook staff yeah the kitchen yep. staff and then, uh, fun fact. Oh my god! Fun fact. One one of those guys is James Earl Jones's father. James Earl yeah. Jones, who uh, obviously is a very accomplished actor, probably most known for being the voice of Darth Vader. Uh, but yeah, his his dad is in this movie, and he yep, I think he's credited as Earl Jones, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> um. So anyway, we got creepy, we got a creepy counselor, like, just, uh, just kind of chubby, white, uh, disgusting looking man, <laughs> and he, he drops the line, uh, I can't remember the actual line, but it, it pertains to baldies, which are, yeah, uh, he, he says something along the lines of, like, look at all the fresh meat, and, and where I'm from, we call them baldies. And I'm just like, oh god, all right, we went there. Um, yeah. And Baldy's, you know, referring to uh, children genitalia, particularly yeah. of the female sort. And so we're yeah, so we're about five minutes into the movie, and this is like the tenth trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> That's why this movie is like so absurd, and it's it's a credit to, uh, it's a credit to the director to just be like, I don't care. This <laughs> Robert Hiltzik. That, that is a lost art of filmmaking. Is the directors just say, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna do what I want. All right. So then, uh, Ricky. Ricky meets his old pal Paul, I think his name is, right? Yep. And uh they start talking about this girl named Judy, and Paul is like, Yeah, she's got some big tits. <laughs> he doesn't say that exactly, but I mean he pretty much does. He just he motions that she has uh giant breasts. Yeah. And then we see Ricky try to talk to her and Judy's well, making her typical Judy face. And it's just like, fuck off, loser. Um, And then then we get uh, Angela in her camp, I think. And they meet or her her uh, her cabin and we meet mm-hmm. all the all the girls she's going to spend time with. And <laughs> I wrote this down because I thought it was so funny. One of the camp, one of the counselors says. The name's Meg, and then it zooms in on her, and she says M E G. I'm just like, how the fuck else do you spell Meg, you idiot? Oh my god! So, uh, yeah, I was, I thought that was really funny. And then we meet a, another counselor, I think Susie, who actually seems very sweet. And then we see Judy. And she's all got her, you know, she's got her, not a resting bitch face, but like an actual bitch face. Mm-hmm. But then Angela just looking at her all creepy and it keeps zooming in on her and you just keep seeing Angela just like this. <laughs> Which, I mean, Judy has every right to be like, what are you looking at? <laughs> Stop being weird. Right. And then. uh. Yeah, that was great. And then, and then we do a time jump about three days. I just also want to point out the the wild the wild age gap between all of these kids that are at this camp. Yeah. There's like very small children here. And then there's also Judy, who is so old looking. She looks she looks literally like thirty years old. But anyway, go ahead. We get a time jump. Yep, so uh, we time jump about three days, and all the kids are, um, I don't know, what is it called? The mess hall? Yep. Is that, is that, yeah, yeah. so they're all in the mess hall, and uh, and uh, oh, why did I just blank on her name? Angela. <laughs> Angela has not eaten since she arrived on uh, to camp. Three days that she hasn't eaten. Yeah. And then Ronnie comes over and is like, let's go to the kitchen, get you some food, huh? get you some ice cream. Huh? And this is where we see Ronnie's whole penis uh, through it, <laughs> through his shorts. Uh, you see the head, the shaft, everything. He's got those little little booty shorts on, little slut shorts, and uh, <laughs> the slutty man counselor. And uh, <laughs> anyway, they, they take Angela to the kitchen. To get some food. Alright. Some ice cream. 
And this is a. Uh, yeah, well, this is. We don't get our. We'll get, we don't get our first kill here. Yeah. Well, first off, let's give a trigger warning right here, uh, because <laughs> because we got a uh, we got a, a rapist. We got a rapist in the house. All right. I forget his name. And honestly, you, know, I don't care about what his name is because rapists, rapists don't deserve. To have their name known, they deserve to die. What I will say is, uh, shout out to uh, Felissa Rose's mother, who Felissa Rose is the actress who played Ab- um, Angela. Uh, shout out to her mother because she did not allow her daughter to actually like, like they recorded those uh, those scenes, like well that scene separately with you know when they go in the walk-in freezer like they recorded her reaction separately so she didn't she wasn't actually like standing there like while he was like you know unbuttoning unbuttoning his pants and such like they they cut that together nice and she also and yeah and then they're like there are other points throughout the filming where uh her mother made sure that like she was being protective over over the actors who played Angela, so you know, shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to the mom. That's good parenting. Um, yeah. So anyway, this creepy old dude starts unbuttoning his pants after he took Angela into the walk-in. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna molest her. And then we cut to Ricky going over to the girls' table, asking where his cousin is. They're all bitchy about it. Mm. She's so quiet. She might as well just die. Or what did, what did they say? She's so quiet. She said, she said if she was any more quiet, she'd be dead. Yeah, okay. Then Ricky goes into the kitchen. I love this because Ricky's just like, I don't care. Where's my cousin? And then he finds her and he's like, Coward! Like, just Hey, freak. what are you doing? Ricky is like the best cousin ever. <laughs> he's just so protective of Angela is like hey get off her like anytime anything <laughs> bad happens to her Ricky is like there yeah, he's immediately like, just like yeah because like there there are points throughout the film where like you can see like you know he's a fun loving kid he likes to pull pranks but the second somebody messes with Angela he's like come down here you fucker I'll kill you yeah his his potty mouth is incredible like yeah. At one point, he's like yelling at some kids. He's like, "You fucking prick! You fucking cocksucker!" You know what's <laughs> just wild like, oh. is so the kid who played the kid who played Ricky was seventeen years old at the time that, and he doesn't. Yes, oh my and he god! Looked, and and the actress who played Angela was thirteen, but they looked the same age, and apparently they also like had a fling, like while they were recording the movie like i guess they were they were an item i guess Ew. and it uh it led to some issues on set but yeah yeah he was 17 which is wild ew it's gross what are you... all right we're not going to get to that so anyway <laughs> ricky ricky saves the day angela gets out of there then it cuts to later we see the biggest pot i've ever seen in my whole life on a stove. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure they blew the entire budget on this pot. <laughs> Dude, it's so big. I <laughs> Nobody cannot... else got paid. I like. <laughs> I paused the movie and was like, "Look at how big this pot is!" Like, 
<laughs> this pot is so fucking big. And then he gets up on a ladder right. and is like checking to see if this human size pot is boiling and then throws a bunch of salt in it and is like, yeah, it looks good. Meanwhile, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, add a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. He said that. Meanwhile, we have a camera that's underneath the table and it's like slowly working towards the rapist. And then it like we see we see him get pushed. And he turns around and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, uh, I was just kidding. So even from this first this first kill, because he well, I guess he doesn't die, but this first hurting <laughs> uh <laughs> this first hurty scene, uh we are made to believe that it is either Ange Angela or Ricky. Yeah. Right from yeah, the, he has the Yeah, he has the line like, I'll get you some ice cream. Yeah, it, it, it shows its hand right away where you you know like, okay, this is this is one of these two children. Then pushes him, the pot falls on Burning huge pot of water, he gets he gets burnt. Also, like he could have just fell back. He didn't have I to was... grab the pot on his way down. Or you know, it's a fucking kid. You know, if you wanted to, kick the little fucker in the face and step down off the chair. But <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Yeah, this. Yeah, like you said, uh... I love this. I love this scene just because of that. There's like. <laughs> also so we we obviously with this uh first person shot we clearly see that these are like man hands or boy hands when when they're grabbing the chair so i'll get to and that we, <laughs> okay because because right here they are man hands maybe you know, those, maybe those were, throughout the other those, Maybe throughout the rest of the film, that's not the case. <laughs> no, so apparently throughout the film, every every kill scene was Ricky's hands. Everyone, yeah, and they look different for some reason in every every shot. Like one of them is like yeah. muscular, and I'm like, all right. But anyway, so he gets burnt. Uh, there's boils on his face that are pulsating, which is awesome. Uh. Camp counselor Mel is like, hey, man, can we keep this under wraps, guys? And everybody's like, all right. So they keep it under wraps. Then uh, then I think we cut to the baseball game. Or maybe yeah. it, I don't remember. I wrote down because yeah. one of the kids had a shirt and it said jogging shirt. And I was like, what is this? Also <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it if it was in that beginning scene or if it's later on in the movie, but Judy has a shirt that just says Judy. <laughs> at yeah, no it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna point that out later during their volleyball game. Judy has a shirt that says Judy. Uh, okay, yeah, it was during that, but yeah. So yeah, so the next big scene is the baseball scene, which it's a three minute fucking scene of this baseball game with like two <laughs> fades <laughs> and they're like 
okay, I don't like this scene, but we do get some <laughs> awesome dialogue here. Oh yeah, man, I wrote down <laughs> like I wrote down a couple of things. So good. I wrote Okay, so this is where the age discrepancy is like very apparent because the opposing yeah. team um they wait, look 30. <laughs> did we get Did we get the scene where uh Ricky pranks that Mozart kid and like Paul makes him yeah, or he makes we, him we do get... a sit up and in, into Paul's butt? And then, yeah, we get that, and that leads into the baseball game. And then Ronnie comes in and is like, we got a baseball game, huh? And then uh, then we get like, the oh, baseball game. Oh, you're going to play us? <laughs> <laughs> and then these 30-year-old men are <clears throat> challenging a bunch of, like, 13-year-old boys. And Ricky is talking so much shit here. He says, and I quote, when one of the men is up to bat, 13 years old, says, this guy blows dead dogs. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then the ki- the man says, the man replies back, eat shit and die, Ricky. <laughs> Holy shit. And then Ricky responds, eat shit and live. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so that that's one thing I wrote in my notes for later, but I'll bring it up here. So the dialogue in this movie is so bad that it's quotable. (laughs) Eat shit and live. The the eat shit and die and eat shit and live and there's another one we get later um, that since I've watched this movie they now live rent free in my head. (laughs) And at just random points throughout the past few days they've just popped in my head. And I'll let you know what the other one is when we get to it. (laughs) There's a great scene where Somebody hits a pop-up and it's going towards Mozart. And before the ball had been hit, it shows Mozart playing what looks to be a Tiger Electronics uh, video game. And so you're like, oh, man, this dork isn't going to catch the ball. And then he catches it and it's fine. And I'm just like, all right, they fake me out. Then the the boys, the 13-year-old boys win the baseball game against the 30-year-old men. And uh, the, the men are agitated and are like, we'll get him. We'll get Ricky. Then we cut to later that night at the uh, rec center or whatever, and Mm -hmm. it's a little dance. And little Angela's sitting all by herself looking creepy as fuck. The 30-year-old men's baseball team go over to her and her. Oh, I should also point out that Angela's eating chocolate here. I wrote that down because I thought it was so absurd that she was just sitting there eating chocolate by herself just... Doing that typical that. <laughs> typical Angela stare out into the void, and it's just like <laughs> it was really funny. But yeah, so the uh, the the thirty year old they're trying to get some girls together to go skinny dipping later that night, and uh, so they've so, been striking yeah. out. <laughs> they say, yeah, the, <laughs> and the only like, girl that's 15, left is Angela. <laughs> Fifteen dudes all want to go skinny dipping, and no ladies. And uh, they go after Angela. And somebody, the one of the mullet kids, <laughs> says, Yo, Angela, why are you so fucked up? That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> then and uh, then, uh, and then yeah. Ricky and Paul walk in, and I just want to say that, you know, this, this movie is guilty of a lot of things. 
But by far the biggest crime that this movie commits is that fucking cowboy hat that Ricky is Dude. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I was like, holy shit, Ricky looks awesome right now. He comes in with his little cowboy hat on. That cowboy hat's the real villain of the movie. <laughs> he, uh... He comes in, he sees the 30-year-old man messing with his cousin, he goes over there, he starts uh, He starts a fight, starts a ruckus, uh, starts, you know, a belligerent tirade of cursing. Uh, everyone's just watching, like, 30-year-old men and 13-year-old boys get into a little scuffle at this camp. Like, the camp director, Mel, Ronnie, they're all just watching, and then, you know, it gets broken up, and... Uh, Ricky's like, I'll kill you, you cocksucker! You fucking prick! And I'm just like, man, somebody's calming this kid down. And uh, he's got a little bloody nose. Paul goes over after the fight, starts flirting with Angela, walks away. Angela's like, goodbye. This is the first time we've heard Angela talk in this whole movie. And it's like 30 minutes into the movie. Uh, And then Judy's looking at her like, Judy, Judy looking at her, you know, giving her that, that side eye. So that, then that we cut to, yeah, he's giving her the old stink guy. Then we go to the, the 30 year old baseball, the 30 year old men's baseball team, uh, talking to a bunch of women that we've never seen before. And they're like, come on, go skinny dipping with us. And they're like, no. <laughs> then these dudes are just like, Whatever, girls, you are no fun. <laughs> he just no, no. He got he got really upset really quick. He was like, "Come on, man, let's go." And they're like, "No." He was like, "What in the hell with you? You don't know how to have fun anyway." <laughs> and then fifteen thirty-year-old men just run down this dock naked. Uh, and there's... also, I'm I'm pretty sure these guys were like eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I just like saying 30-year-old men's baseball team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then they just go skinny dipping with each other. We're not going to have, you know, sometimes you got to hang out with your wang out with your bros, you know? And uh, <laughs> my favorite is there are people taking off their shorts and running down the dock. <laughs> right. <laughs> See a lot of men's butts in this scene. And then... Uh, yep. And then, and then we get the... Uh... The two guys who were messing with Angela, you know, they're they're hiding under some canoes, and they're uh, they're getting high, and they're trying to keep keep it together. <laughs> yeah, they're smoking the herb, and uh, they're smoking some CBD. <laughs> one of them gets <laughs> one of them gets one lady to go on a canoe with him, and uh, he starts talking about water snakes and snapping turtles, and then he tips the boat over, and then <laughs> this part. I was really confused what the fuck he was doing here. So after he tips the boat, she visually swims away. Yeah, you visit. And then he, you, then he it's gets very visible. It and just starts. Yeah, he starts talking he like, to her, calling out to her like she's still right there. I think even like when he's under the boat and he's calling for her, it shows her swimming away again, like. It's like it, no, it cut it cuts to her all the way at the beach getting out of the water. Oh yeah, 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 right. <laughs> then a head pops up from under the water. We see it from behind. 
We don't know who it is. It dunks this head or the, the dude underwater and holds him. And then, uh, yeah, then the kids leave. Uh, it cuts to the next day. There's a camp counselor that's cursing about how the kids left the chairs in the water. And he flips one of these boats over. And it's that little mullet dork. And uh, he did. He got water snake coming out from his nose. You know, they really did a good job with the practical effects in this movie. I agree. Given the budget that they had, they, yeah, all the practical effects were really good. So yeah, our first uh our first official kill. Yeah, cuz the other guy, well, the the dad at the beginning. But this is the first kill at well, the camp. Yeah. Right. This first yeah, camp right. kill. Uh Right. So, then we get these fucking medics taking his limp ass body. They put him in a bag and they're just carrying his limp ass body to a stretcher and then putting him in the ambulance. And I was like, man, y'all did him so dirty, dude. <laughs> like, they didn't bring the stretcher out to the beach, put him on it, and take his, the stretcher to the ambulance. They were just like, oh, fuck it, let's carry him. Just dragging him on the ground. And then uh, good old Mel... Just like earlier, just trying to cover it up, trying to get the ambulance and the cops as far away from the camp as possible. Yep, he he's like, I gotta go make the unfortunate uh, call to the parents, <laughs> and making it all about him. I have to. <laughs> right. You know how much this is weighing on me. Then it cuts to the volleyball game, where, as previously mentioned, we see Judy wearing a shirt that says Judy on it, <laughs> and no other kid has a shirt with their name on it. <laughs> <laughs> like okay is the thought process like oh this is my favorite shirt i don't want nobody to steal it <laughs> my name on it i assume uh paul comes over he's flirting with angela angela's you know obviously very into him uh this is like the most emotion we've seen from angela the whole movie judy's all judy and meg are looking at her like this fucking bitch and then they go over and like paul get out of here then uh, they're like, you don't ever play. You don't ever play with us, but you want to talk to boys? And then uh, the other counselor, Susie's like, it's okay to talk to boys. And then, oh, and Paul asked her to go to the movie. Um, That is the most dialogue we've heard <laughs> from Angela's whole movie, too. Because Paul's like, you want to go to the movie with me later? And she's like, I thought we all had to go to the movie. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love that line where she's like, I thought we had to go anyway. <laughs> so anyway, they go to the movie. They come out of the movie. They're holding hands. We see Judy giving the old stink eye again to little Paul and Angela. Paul is like, hey, let me show you something. I was like, come on, Paul. Okay, so this is the point in the film where I started to not like Paul. Yep, exactly. <laughs> because, okay, so he kisses her. She's visually oh. uncomfortable with it. So, he, and, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then he's like, can I have another, <laughs> you know, a good night kid? <laughs> also, he's, so he kisses her, right, without warning. She's, like you said. Very uncomfortable. He and says then sorry. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. He's, like he had the apology ready to go. Like he <laughs> So he says sorry. He's like, oh sorry. And then he immediately says I hope you're not mad. Can I have I did another that. one? 
Yeah, I hope you're not mad I did that. Can I have another one? I'm just like, all right, Paul, you suck. And also, uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that. Well, okay, I'm gonna cut this point out. I'm gonna cut this part out, or I might bleep it out because it might be funny, but because <laughs> it it spoils the ending. <laughs> but she's walking away. Um. So yeah, anyway, Ju- so Angela's Judy, uh, Angela's Angela's, you know. A little, she's uncomfortable with what just happened. Yeah. Um. Judy comes over is like, hey, you know, being Judy, being a bitch, gives Paul shit. Paul's like, you're such a jerk. And then leaves. That's like one of my other favorite things about this movie is like, Ricky has this huge potty mouth that's calling people cocksuckers all the time. And then like, everyone else is like, you're a jerk. You're such a, you're such a <laughs> jerk. Did you know that? And uh, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Then uh Then we cut back to the boys' cabin where they're messing with Mozart again. Which, oh yeah. Uh, did he and, fall was like was that a Playboy or something that he fell asleep holding? Yes. It was it was <laughs> okay. a porno mag. So he okay. falls asleep with a porno mag and in this brightly lit cabin, he falls asleep <laughs> just checking out nudes. And then they uh they pull, they do, the, they pull the old whip cr- or uh, shaving cream in the hand with the feather on the nose prank. He smashes his face with the uh, shaving cream, pulls a knife out, and starts <laughs> chasing Ricky around the cabin. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that was a little aggressive. Uh, Which I felt like this was weird because... Okay, so was this supposed to, like, be a swerve where it's like, okay, maybe it, like, because up until now, it's very obvious it's either Angela or Ricky, but, like, then we get this. Is this supposed to, like, try to throw us off the trail? I think. Or, like, introduce another potential killer? I think it's either that or it's just supposed to, I think mostly it's supposed to set up the weapon, the knife. Okay. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but him chasing him around with a knife is hilarious then Ronnie comes in and is like what the fuck are you guys doing and then takes a knife and he's like you'll be lucky if you get it at the end of camp and then proceeds to just put it under a pile of clothes where it's very easily accessible to anyone he's like you'll never see mm-hmm. this again and then just places it like in plain view basically I thought that was funny then the girl's cabin, Angela's staring at uh, someone. I wrote, the Angela's stare is so good because it's really creepy. It is. Through this whole movie, it's just it's really off-putting. I can't remember if she was at the beach or not when this was happening. But at some point... Oh, no, this is when they're in the cabin, right? Uh, because she's like, I gotta go see my cousin. That That comes later. I don't remember, but I know I wrote down. There, there's, yeah, there's two parts. There's there's two there's two separate scenes where they're at the beach and they're messing yep. with Angela. So the the first one it it's it's really not anything. It's more so them just saying like, uh, you know, we told you already. Don't be you know uh, talking to the boys. Yeah, because Paul comes over and is like, "Hey, sorry, so, yeah, so, yeah, sorry that's for what, making you yeah. uncomfortable." And then I think Angela leaves. It cuts. Two, 
the boys, the the 30-year-old men's baseball team, on the roof of their cabin having a water balloon that, fight. I feel like that's later. I feel like we're missing something. Unless I didn't write it because down. Because that, that comes... Because that comes after, so Meg gets in trouble for throwing Angela in the water, but that comes after. Yeah, that that that's like way later. Uh, I think yeah. I think what happened was it shows her at the beach. Paul comes over, is like, "Hey, you know, sorry." And then Meg and Angela are like, "Oh, is it Meg?" Like freaks out on Angela, right? Yeah, and uh, is like. You don't ever talk. And then Ronnie comes over. Hey, what's going on? Huh? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she leaves. Angela leaves to go find her cousin. There's OK. So, real quick. You're right. So so Meg gets in trouble with Ronnie because, you know, she's she's harassing Angela. And then we cut to to them in in their cabin. And Actually, so this wait. is another part. Is it is it that they're in the cabin? And Judy is, I don't remember now, because at one point Susie smacks Judy, and I can't remember if it's this point or later. Hold on. Let's take a brief intermission. Let's figure this out. Yeah, let's pull up Sleepaway Camp. I got it right here. Oh, nice. So it's after, we're trying to figure out what... Oh man, that's the ending. Oh. We're trying to figure out what happened after after uh the scene the scene where Paul. Okay, all right. Okay, here we are. So it is the beach part. <laughs> yeah, but there's two there's two different yeah parts at the beach that are like really similar. Yep. So this one is okay. Uh, yep. So we're right. So, so this is the one where Meg freaks out because Angela hasn't been talking. And then she yeah. is like, I'm going to go see my cousin. And then it cuts to the kids okay. on the roof having a water balloon fight. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you were, shit. so you were right. My apologies. But OK, so before we get there, I, I said earlier that, that there are quotables in this movie <laughs> like live rent free <laughs> in my head. So. Meg gets in trouble for harassing Angela again. Then we cut to the girl's cabin and Judy is like fresh out of the shower. And she's like, hey guys, we should all thank Angela for getting Meg in trouble. Oh, that's and the then, part I was missing. Okay, you're yeah. right, yeah. So so they start messing with Angela again. And then what's the other counselor's name? I think it's Susie. Okay, so Susie basically is like, you know, stop messing with it. <laughs> so here's the quote that lives rent free in my head. <laughs> when, when Judy was like, she's a real carpenter's dream, flat as a board and needs a screw. <laughs> and then that's when... Uh, yeah, Susie gives her a smack <laughs> and then immediately starts crying. And uh, Well, but before that, uh, Judy's like, Hey, Angela, how come you never shower when we shower? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe we'll get to the why that, that is later. But uh, Oh, we will. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you, you were saying, yeah, you were right. So then she goes to see her cousin, and then the 30-year-olds are on the roof. <laughs> this is fucking wild. <laughs> they I... fucking bla they blast her ass with a 
I could not believe that it, these kids were on the roof of their cabin throwing water balloons at each other. I had to like rewind it like eight times because I thought it was so funny. And the age right. discrepancy is also great here because there's a little kid who looks like eight years old. It's a little <laughs> blonde kid. And then there's the rest of the team. Also, nobody gives a fuck that uh, that mullet guy is dead. They're just like, they're just like, whatever. We don't like him anyway. We're going to have a water balloon flight on the roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then, like you said, they blast Angela. <laughs> I audibly laughed out loud when they <laughs> she got hit with a water balloon. <laughs> like, you know it's coming. <laughs> and then uh, Ricky comes. He's yelling obscen obscenities, uh, calling everybody a cocksucker, telling him he's going to kill him. Uh, Mel is there. He, he, he tells the kids to get down. He is like, hey, you could have killed her with that water balloon. <laughs> and he's like, I don't ever want to hear about any of this from any of you, including you, Ricky. Ricky starts complaining. Uh, also, Mel says this great thing. Uh, he's like, get through a water balloon at her. You could have given her pneumonia. And I'm like, no, no. What he says is, uh, so after he's done punishing them, he walks by and he's like, how you feeling, Angela? You all right? <laughs> and then he's like, well, you should probably go get changed before you catch pneumonia. I'm like, it like, is summer. Isn't it the middle of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go get changed before you catch pneumonia. One water balloon. One bad water balloon hit, and you could catch pneumonia, dear listeners, in the middle of summer at a summer camp. So be careful out there. Right. And then it cuts to uh, the the thirty year old men's baseball team. They're going out to uh, somewhere. I don't remember. I think they might be playing baseball again or something. Yeah they they were they were getting ready to go play the counselors, which and then one of them. The the leader says, "I got to take I, I a got, wicked dump." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's funny you can tell that this uh, that this movie takes place in New York because not only like some of the characters uh, t just talk straight up from New York, but also mm -hmm. uh, some kids are wearing like Boston uh, like Boston uh, sports team uh, attire and wicked. Is a is a pretty Boston me term where people are just like, yeah, hey, it's wicked cool, huh? Um, so yeah, he's got to take a wicked dump. There, uh, okay. So then a stick traps this guy in the bathroom stall, which is so absurd because like he should be able to climb, uh, he should be able to go under and over, right? But yeah, that's neither here nor there. We get so many shots, uh, and very slowly. Of a stick lowering a beehive into this this bathroom. And, you know, then... <laughs> I'm sorry. I left the movie play. <laughs> it just got to the part where Angela got decked with the water. <laughs> <laughs> got blasted, man. My bad, go on. But yeah. The... <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are so many shots of this... Uh... <laughs> This being this beehive being lowered, and then what do you know? This guy dies <laughs> instantly. From, yeah, from bees. 
This was the only the only kill I didn't care for. This was the only one that was like, eh, you know, he could have easily either climbed over the top or got on his hands and knees and crawled out. <laughs> My thing is like it could have been very easily fixed if like right at the beginning they said something like maybe even Ricky as an insult just says like look at this guy he's allergic to bees and then later it would have been like oh yeah you know what they really could have did is during that three minute baseball scene he could have had like a bee fly by him and he freaked out it's something as simple as that yeah but i guess to i guess play devil's advocate a bit for the scene at some point i'm sure panic you know, kicked in. You got all those bees stinging you. You're not thinking clearly. And I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of plausible, but it just, it comes off really cheesy. So where did the killer get the beehive from? And like, it's the, right. it's the middle of the day. <laughs> you just see someone walking through camp. Someone had to see this person walking through camp with a stick holding. Also, okay, so... Someone walked through camp with his beehive, unless it was like right there, like in in the nearby wood wooded area. So that means if it wasn't immediate or if it wasn't immediately accessible, that someone had to take this beehive, walk it all the way to the, their cabin, go around, trap the guy, go back around, cut a hole. In the thing, which is also the knife that Mozart, uh, Mozart got uh, confiscated. So again, where the film is uh, pushing you to be like, oh man, it's Ricky, isn't it? So then they lower the beehive in very slowly. And I'm just like, all right, man. <laughs> also, also, yeah. So removing a beehive is something that's like, extremely difficult right there are people who are professionally <laughs> trained at this job task <laughs> okay so yeah then cool. uh he dies and he did he he did and mel is just <laughs> oh i love this part because it just cuts to mel and he's like i'm finished and the first <laughs> and the first thing that popped in my head was that part in Tiger King when the girl gets her arm <laughs> chewed off and then it, it cuts to him and he's like, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah. I think, um, Paul, I think Paul here has a little uh, pick-me-up speech. Or not Paul, uh, Ronnie. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, then, and uh, um, so at this point, they're left with, I think they said like 25 campers left. So they had a they had a, a vast majority of the campers left following this death. Because, I mean, this is the third incident since they've been there. So you can imagine. I mean, I mean me personally, I'm pulling my kid out after the first kid is killed. But I can't really remember what happens next. Okay, um, hold on. Cause I still have the movie playing right here, so... I'm actually right here, too. It's funny because now I left the movie playing and we're kind of like going along at the same pace the movie is going. <laughs> okay, so after that, we we um, we um see Angela waiting around for Paul. Is it nighttime? Yes. And they're at the beach. Or they go, uh, they, they go to yeah, they the go, beach. 
Yeah, they go to the beach. Okay. And then Paul gets Angela down. And so this is another part where, like, Paul is just, like, a douchebag because she's clearly uncomfortable with it. And, and, you know, he's trying to unbutton her blouse. (laughs) And it's, like, you see her, like, stiffen up almost. Yeah. And then it cuts. Which is, like, oh yeah, not, not... not to cut you off, but like that's another thing that we get earlier in the film. Like Angela has these parts where like she flips this switch like instantly where like you see her opening up. She's, you know, she's talking, she's being bubbly. And then it's like a, a switch flips and she's just like quiet again. Yeah. And staring like, off into space. Very cold. And not, yeah. not, uh, yeah, very, very cold and whatever um then it cuts to a shot of the two children from the beginning of the movie in a door looking in laughing and then it shows their dad and the guy right at the beginning of the movie uh who says john um (laughs) it shows them making love and i was like i was not expecting that so i was like oh all right i mean obviously i was like that's cool do it dudes then <laughs> then we just get this shot of the two kids in bed and the <laughs> the the boy what's his name peter yeah peter reaches for the girl's shirt and starts unbuttoning well, it right or no touches her i think the chat no i i think he's just trying to get her to pull his finger which i don't cuz he's just like standing there like with his like pointing at her and like no, dude. It's just like a three sixty. No, dude. He was trying to uh, he was trying to touch her chest because I, I'm pretty positive. Cause okay, yeah, that makes sense because in yeah, cause in the, the scene, yeah, yeah, because uh, Paul is trying to unbutton her her blouse. So this is problematic <laughs> because it shows uh, the two children watch uh, their father have uh sex with another man and then immediately they're like incest and i'm just like (laughs) all right these fucking kids man like all right so then angela you know is like no like actually screams no get off and then runs away and paul's like well come on angela yeah and then we then we get the um then we capture the flag is that next Okay, because that because that's when uh when Paul goes back up to Angela and he's oh, like, yeah. oh come on, I wasn't doing anything that bad, was I? I was like, yeah, because I it's wrote like, Paul. Yes, Paul, re- you were. <laughs> I wrote Paul really sucks on my notes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then she is like, I'm going back to camp, and Ricky comes up and is like, you gotta help me get this flag, and they like take a shortcut through the woods, and lo and. <laughs> I love how serious about this game Ricky. <laughs> Ricky is like deathly serious. Deathly serious about uh about sports, pranks, and, of- and his cousin. <laughs> he has a foolproof plan. It can't miss. <laughs> that was really funny wording. Uh they go they go through a little shortcut in the woods and lo and behold, they catch little Paul making out with Judy. I was like, all right, Paul, we're done here. <laughs> I also love how Judy was like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I guess. This is a good shot because Ricky catches him first. Uh, yeah, and then we and then we see Angela kind of right walk in the into middle. the frame. Yeah. Yeah. Because they separate, uh, and then she's right in the middle of him. So she sees it. And then, 
you know, she runs away. I forget what happens, but I think Paul says something along the lines of like, you jerk to Judy, which I'm just like, okay, <laughs> you, you suck, dude. You also suck. And then Ricky and her have an interaction where he's just like, <laughs> he calls her a bitch. I know that for sure. He's like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he called her a scumbag. <laughs> And then he walks off and he gives it a finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, and then I think we cut to. So we cut to the second beach scene. Yes. Here. OK. Uh, so this is this is where Angela takes a swim. Yeah. Uh, Angela is uh, a Angela sitting by herself. <laughs> and also, again, we get this fucking half ass apology from Paul. <laughs> yeah. Paul comes over and is like. Uh, what he says something that he's just like I I didn't mean what I said because he had said that she was uh uh approved approved to Judy because Judy mentioned it in the woods. Well, no, Judy approaches and mentions it there. Oh yeah, face. right. Okay. Yeah, because they he approaches her. He's giving this half-ass apology, and that's when Judy comes up and is like, "Oh, back together so soon." Yeah, yeah. So then Meg and Judy. Are looking at Angela and they're like, "Time, time for time to go for a dip, bitch!" And uh, <laughs> dip, baby, dip. <laughs> also, in this part, we we get more of those um those like deathly stares from Angela. Oh yeah, because Judy's keeps talking to her. Yeah, it keeps, yeah, it keeps cutting. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So then Meg picks her up on her shoulders. Meanwhile, oh wait, yeah, we missed a part. Where after after the boy is killed with the bees, Mel is convinced that Ricky is the killer. Oh, he doesn't outright say it at first, but he says uh, something. Oh, I seen the hate in his yeah. eyes, something like that, yeah. And then he goes up to Ricky at the beach and is like, how's it going? Everything all right? And Ricky's like, uh, yeah. And then they're talking a little bit. Meg picks up Angela, puts throws her over her shoulder. Meg is like a champ here she's like i mean angela's like really small but i was still like oh <laughs> she like right. threw her over her shoulder judy is just antagonizing her all the way to the dock and uh yeah ricky sees it is like i gotta go protect my cousin and then uh mel grabs him he's like oh you're going over there to protect your cousin like you always do and he's like get off me man get off me and then they just fucking dump angela right in the water Angela's all screaming. Obviously, she's had this previous trauma of seeing her father be killed in a motorboat accident. <laughs> while in right, the water. right. Because <laughs> at this point, they've uh, insinuated that, in fact, she is the daughter that survived. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, she's in the water. I think Ricky and Paul go over there to uh, to get her, or maybe just Ricky. Or no, is it Ronnie? I don't remember. So Ronnie uh, basically breaks up uh, Mel from you know, holding Ricky yep. back, and then and then Ricky runs after Angela. Um, I don't know where Paul's at at this scene, but he's not he's not here. Okay. So then <laughs> I love yeah. I love the part <laughs> where Mel's like he's shaking Ricky. He's like, "You did it, didn't you? Didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Mel, then, Mel's convinced that Ricky has, has done yeah. it. Yeah. And then 
so okay uh, getting a bit ahead of myself but i really only have one real major issue with this film and it kind of begins here because you know as ricky is walking angela away from the dock we get these kids that are throwing <laughs> throwing sand at her i laugh so <laughs> fucking hard when they just start throwing dirt at her and 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 again you know ricky's like you fuckers i'm gonna kill you <laughs> oh also before you get ahead of yourself Meg and Judy are so proud of themselves. And I forget who it is, if it's Ronnie or some other guy, but it's a lifeguard. One of the lifeguards says to Meg, you're a real pecker head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But anyway, go ahead. So your your problem uh, begins here. With- uh, I'll get into it when we get uh get to the second part. Of, <laughs> I know, I know what, my issue. I know what the problem is. Uh, because but- the, yeah, there's really only one part of this movie that just it's like it doesn't flow with the rest of the film. I wrote this down, but I don't remember where it is. Listen up, you gangsters! And uh, the, oh, <laughs> that's the flag. <laughs> the capture the flag. Yeah, okay. When they're giving the instructions, because he's like, "Listen up, gangsters! This is gonna be a one time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like oh okay um that's, that's another part where like i audibly laughed out loud <laughs> so so uh then we go to the mess hall later that night right or the rex uh center well before that we get the uh the counselors having a meeting where they're they're getting their assignments from ronnie oh yeah 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 okay and that's where uh we learned that the one counselor which hold on yeah, I don't. I, I don't even know his name. I know they probably I, I, mentioned. I have, I have it here. Cause let me see. Um, Eddie. Okay. So we learned that Eddie is taking his his campers camping for the night by the lake, and Meg has the night off. Which, you know, how does Meg have the night off when she's been nothing but trouble <laughs> the entire like? They probably she, gave her the night off because she is trouble. Or like. Let's just like she's she needs to cool down. Yeah. So then uh, you know, Meg decides to spend her, her night off with Mel. Or she wants to spend her night off with Mel. Yeah, Mel comes over and is like, Hey uh, wanna come over to my cabin at eight? <laughs> no, she goes up to oh, him. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> well, they've also insinuated that the two have uh been flirting. Yeah, he's yeah, he's promised her a dinner date and she's uh she's taking him up on his offer here. Yeah. So anyway, Meg goes back to the cabin. She's like, "I got a date." Judy's like, well, "Who?" So like, I can't tell you because it's a seventy-year-old man, and I'm eight, <laughs> and I'm eight, and I'm eighteen years old. <laughs> oh man! So then, um, so there's a long line for the showers. So Meg decides to uh, to use the empty bunk or the empty cabin next door because they. Um, after all the campers, well, majority of the campers left, they kind of consolidated everybody. Yeah. So there are a bunch of empty cabins. Uh, we also get an Angela stare here. Uh, pretty positive. Oh, yeah. So anyway, Meg goes take a shower. Also, like, I'm pretty, okay, I'm pretty sure there were other cabins of girls. Why didn't they just move Angela? No. They, uh, they wanted her to ba- have a bad time. She okay. Did. That makes sense. There. <laughs> Everybody was like, Angela, you deserve a bad time. <laughs> you almost drowned. Who cares? All right. So anyway, Meg goes to shower. We 
She's not. She's not washing up at all. <laughs> she's just a quick rinse. You know, gotta get the day off you. I don't know if this is my favorite kill, but this is up there. Yeah, this is probably the know. best kill, but it has the worst. <laughs> I'll get into it, but it, yeah, it's so, a good. So kill. this is this is one we get to actually kind of see because up until now the the killing is taken taken part off camera and yeah. then we see the aftermath this one we actually see uh meg get stabbed through the curtain and then the knife just dragged down her spine which i imagine is just like one of the most painful things ever that's like gotta be the sharpest knife ever too to like and also <laughs> like you know fucking strong ass killer to, <laughs> to yeah drag you know and then uh, we get so she's dead we get a shot of a hand and arm go into the shower and rinse off the knife, but not rinse it off completely, which I was like, okay. Um, but they do turn the water off, which is nice, you know, conserve, conserve the water. I thought for sure this was a different hand than had been shown throughout the movie, because this looks like a full uh, adult hand. And uh, I would have to go back and, and watch it for a third time. <laughs> but But anyway, yeah. So then it cuts to the the campers, right? Uh the Eddie Eddie and his little campers and they're walking through the woods. Mhm. And everybody everybody's all all the kids are complaining. One of the kids has an axe for some reason. Eddie's like, "All right, man, shut up. We uh we're going camping." And then what? Then after yeah, so after that Oh, d we does it go to the the hall again? Because Judy, so we we get Paul walking into the hall and Angela walking out, and again this is Paul kind of cornering Angela, trying to to apologize and um, yeah, giving a little half-ass apology. Yep, and then we get uh, oh, we get Ju yeah. Judy and that guy walk out, and and then that's when Angela tells Paul to meet her. Meet her by the lake later that night. Yep. Yep. So then, oh, and she also asked about Ricky, and Paul told her that Ricky uh, has been in his bunk, and he's not feeling well after dinner. Yep. So, yeah. Then, I think here we also get Mel, is Mel asking around for where Meg is? Yeah, that, that happens. Yep. Okay. And then. Yeah, yeah. Then Judy and uh, that dude go back to her cabin. Well, before, yeah. And then we cut away to back to Eddie and the campers. And three of them are sleeping. Two of them want to go because they're cold. So, so Eddie is just like, all right, man, leaves the, <laughs> the rest of the children out in the woods. Is just like, all right, dude, I'll be yeah, back. Because he, tell, cause he tells them to go to the car. Which is like, okay, so you're far away enough from the camp where you had to drive. So, yeah, I mean, he's trying to do the right thing because he's trying to, you know, make sure these kids are comfortable. But then, like, I, I guess I kind of get it in the 80s. You know, the kids are sleeping in the middle of the woods. You don't think anything's going to happen. You're going to be right back. But, yeah, I mean, he probably should have just woke them all up. And uh, you get a first-person shot of someone looking at these kids. So this is uh this is my issue. So up until now, everybody that's been killed has deserved it. These three kids didn't deserve to die. They threw dirt. Nah, come on. 
<laughs> through sand. The, the, the other people who were killed did way worse things. It, it just seems like it's a stark contrast for the killer to... I mean, it, it just seems off. And I think even the director in a later interview said that that's one thing that he wished he would have changed because it, it took away, I guess. I don't, it didn't. It doesn't really make sense because up until that point, I feel like all the killings were, I guess, justified. Yeah, but that, justified yeah. in quotes because, you know, it's never... Yeah. It's not, it's not really ever justified uh, in most cases. Uh, there's right. There's a few exceptions, obviously, but, you know... I don't know, man. I think this is sort of the scene where we realize that the killer is kind of losing touch with, uh, like, their moral compass is totally off. Um, also, I'll, I'll get to it later, but I think this also could be a case where it's a separate killer. Oh, maybe. I didn't even think about so, that. We'll, yeah, so we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so, yeah, then we that's when we uh, go back to the, to the mess hall, and then Mel is looking for... Yeah. And Meg. And that leads him to... Judy and the that guy who are making out. And then yep. he hides under the bed. Mel comes and in. She, and she pretends to be reading. In the dark. And <laughs> Mel even is like, all right, man, come on. So Meg, uh, Judy rather, points, points Mel in the direction of, you know, Meg's last known location. <laughs> The dude, the, he leaves. The dude comes from under the bunk. He's like, I gotta go. And then Judy is just like, you're a little chicken shit. <laughs> so this part gets weird, right? Because he leaves. Oh. Mel, he's in the cabin. And then just as soon as he walks in the bathroom spontaneously, that's when Meg's body yeah. falls out. I was like... <laughs> I was like, okay, that shower curtain was holding her body up. Right. And then what, like, the wind he created opening the door into the room? Like, come on. Or just but, or just coincidentally was when the shower curtain gave in and decided yeah. it couldn't hold Meg's adult body anymore. Uh, she falls down. Also, yeah. I guess another uh, point of this killer's, like, super strength... <laughs> Not only were you able to drag a knife down their spine, but you're also able to prop the body up in the shower in a way that it's going to stay there for at least a little bit. <laughs> we're led to believe that the killer is this kid. <laughs> so then uh, then we go back to Judy, who's sitting in the cabin. She's got a little uh, pouty face on. And uh, we get this real, really weird shot of the door opening, and we see Ricky... It's totally Ricky. Like, is there like is... that fucking Ricky right there? I don't understand it <laughs> at all. And then the first per switches to first person, walks up to Angela, straight up decks Angela, knocks her shit loose. <laughs> like, okay, this is the worst kill in the movie. Like, yeah. It is. She straight up gets fucking oh, trigger warning real quick. Judy gets fucking raped to death with a yeah. A, 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 what is, what is that called? Uh, um, a curling iron. Yeah. So that was plugged in because she was curling her hair. Ricky, like it was hot. <laughs> Ricky straight up puts a pillow over her face and with what we believe to be Ricky shoves a curling iron right in her vagina, kills her. Because it can't. It can't be. Like, no, that's definitely what happened. It's not a stabbing. 
Like, no. he straight up just puts it in her vagina. Like, I was like, oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Okay. So then, so then, after after Judy dies due to heat of the vagina. Um, is, that's when... That's when is, Eddie goes back to... Okay. Yeah. So Eddie, Eddie goes back and finds the... the just uh, slaughtered children. Okay, so this is the one piece of acting in this movie that I think was actually good. <laughs> so the the character the the actor who played Eddie, I I thought his reaction to discovering the three dead bodies was believable. Yeah, he he just vomits. Like the, the the visual horror on his face, like uh, everything else, like the acting in this movie has been bad up until this <laughs> point. The dialogue has been terrible, but it's all enjoyable. But this. This little piece of acting right here was top tier acting right there, and then we get uh we get Ricky going going into the mess hall to get a snack. Yep, and he's it's about to close, and the guy who yeah. said the guy who said listen up, you gangsters, is closing it, and is like, no nah, man, no no, that's actually it. That's the guy that was with. That's another counselor. Oh, okay, I'm mixing yeah. him up. So he's he he lets Ricky get in. And then Ricky gets a little candy bar, which I'm... Also, he went in there and got that candy super fucking fast. Also, why is he eating candy if his little tummy hurts? Because <laughs> maybe he wasn't laying down and maybe his tummy wasn't hurting. Yeah. Ricky is walking, a, a hand reaches out, grabs him, right out of shot. We cut to Ronnie, where Ronnie's getting the phone call, yep. the unfortunate news that three campers dead and then we and then we cut back to mel who just starts beating the fucking shit out of ricky yeah he like forces him to the ground is smacking him he and pounding on his chest like full brute force just and then just and laying then the just, hammers in and then he's just like, I got him, Meg. I got him like I promised you. Yeah, and then he runs away. Like, Yeah, and then he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I just killed a kid. I just fucking killed it. I just killed a kid. I got to get out of here. And then Damn, and he, he, he runs he really... to the archery range. <laughs> so this is actually the one time where I, it, it visibly is a different killer's hands or arm. Yeah. And in this scene, you can... In this scene, the second time around watching it, it's very obvious who the killer is in this scene. You get enough of their body where you, you can figure it out. So, yeah. Uh, they had actually mentioned this very early in the movie. They said the rec center or whatever, and then there was the, sh the shooting range was mm -hmm. right next to it. So he runs okay. over to the shooting range, and stand the lights are on. He's standing there. All of a sudden... Arrow through the neck. So, what do you think about that? That uh, man, I thought that effect was sweet. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looked a little weird, but yeah, they they pulled it off. It's pretty cool. Um, so he's dead. Then uh, then you know the cops get there. The cop gets there, and real quick. So this is the same cop from earlier. Yeah. And you know, earlier in the movie, he has a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this down. <laughs> What the fuck was that on his upper lip? <laughs> okay, I didn't notice this until the second time I watched it. Um, Same. So, I forget what happens. Oh, because 
uh, Ronnie got all the counselors together and he he's like, go find all the other counselors and get them back here. So somebody yeah. finds Mel and then they're freaking out. And then the police come and uh, the dude <laughs> from the beginning with the mustache goes in, finds her body, comes out, is like visibly distraught. But they they're zoomed. <laughs> and we get a close up. We get a close up <laughs> of this fucking duct taped hair or sorry, scotch taped hair to his lip. <laughs> it's like <laughs> unbelievable. This okay, so that's another I guess a, a, a nerdy nitpick with this movie is like the practical effects have been good thus far in the film. And then we get that. You couldn't come up with anything better or just make it a separate cop. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there are more cops in that jurisdiction. <laughs> or, you know, maybe the guy shaved his Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. He could have came up. Somebody should have been like, oh, he shaved. He's like, yeah. So anyway, his yep. little fake ass mustache is very visible in this shot. They find Mel. She's all stabbed through the spine. Uh, Meg. You mean, you mean yeah, Meg? Meg. We got Ricky. Ricky is presumably dead because he got beat to death by Mel. Mel's dead. Because he got shot in the neck by an arrow. Yeah, so bodies are dropping at this point <laughs> in the movie. Dropping like flies, baby. Um, so right before that, you know, when the cop first arrives and all the counselors are together, they they kind of figure out that they got some kids missing. Uh-huh. So they're they split into groups and they're looking around trying to find you know all the kids, and that's when the cop and Ronnie stumble upon Ricky. Yeah, they find the candy bar wrapper first. I thought that was yeah. funny. Uh, then they find Ricky. He's like all bloodied up. And yeah. Th- th- but then, turns out, he's alive. He like coughs. Somebody also mentions like, oh, Paul, Angela, and and Ricky are out there. And uh, like, okay, let's all go look for him. Then we get, then we get Ronnie and, what's her name? You said her name was Susie? Yeah. So we get them looking around. And uh oh wait! Before that, Paul. Oh yeah, Paul right. is on the beach, and walking back and forth, and then, you know, the camera's following him. And then when he comes to one spot, we see Angela looking at him. Then Angela turns around, is like facing the camera, and says, "Take off your clothes. Let's go for a swim." And then it zooms in on Paul, or it shows. It cuts to Paul. Paul is so excited. He's about to get laid, he thinks. And the music here is absolutely wonderful. It's like this joyful this joyful mix. It's so misleading. And then then the camp counselors are like, Oh, we gotta find uh Paul and Angela. And then they they're walking, they hear some music. Okay, so real quick, we're about to get into the end here. Yep. So should we finish it out and then give our thoughts on everything or should we give our thoughts on the film and then talk about the ending um let, uh, let's just well, let's, get, let's just yeah let's just do yeah, the let, ending because we're already here okay so if you've been listening this far and you haven't seen this movie yet stop listening right now don't finish this episode until you watch the movie i promise you you're gonna want to experience this ending the way me and justin did i promise you <laughs> If you have not watched it, just stop now. That's that's the only warning. You're, it's the last warning you're going to get because we're going to get into it. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alerts. All right. Go ahead. So, 
she's humming a song. We see Angela on the beach. She's naked. Paul is in her lap. But the way Paul is positioned is kind of odd. Mm -hmm. They're walking up. And also, Ronnie's flashlight is broken, so they it's not until they get up really close that they can fully see <laughs> what's going on here. Then it cuts to the mother from the beginning. Yeah, we get we go back to Aunt Martha. Aunt Martha is talking to a child with a head bandage on. And she is talking about Oh, also that's Ricky's mom. I just wanna I don't know if we actually yeah. said that, but uh it's amazing that Ricky turned out even somewhat normal considering <laughs> Well, I mean we did so in the beginning, in the very beginning, you know, we learned that Ricky Ricky wasn't at home or he wasn't he was away with his dad. Yeah. So I'm assuming his dad leaves lives somewhat of a normal life. Yeah. And Ricky Ricky probably spends majority of the time with his dad. Yeah, she even mentions that Aunt Martha is like, Oh, Ricky's away. He'll be so happy uh when you come here. You know And there's a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's like, I already have a little boy. Yeah, and so Martha's like, I always wanted to have a little girl, and then my husband left me. And she's doing her little mannerisms, like, and then my husband left me. And the camera is like spinning around them, so you you really only see the back of the child, and then you see Aunt Martha, and then it kind of like swings, and she says, but we already have a boy. So simply, we can't have two boys. Isn't that right, Peter? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And they show the kid. It's the boy from the beginning. And then it cuts back to uh, present day. Angela stands up. She's holding Paul's decapitated head in her hand. And it zooms out. And we see Angela's penis. Yep. So Angela is actually. Peter. And Ronnie and Susie are like, what the fuck? Okay, their reaction is so terrible. <laughs> Ronnie's just like, oh my god, it can't be. She's a boy. <laughs> and then it plays this great fucking music. Uh, just like... Yeah, and then, so... And then, okay... <laughs> This Angela's open mouth growling. It is terrifying. <laughs> it is. So I said earlier that Aunt Martha was the scariest thing in the movie. This actually is right here. So the practical effect here where they made uh, they made a, a clay head mask or mask of the actress who played Angela's face. And then they put it over. A muscular dude <laughs> with frizzy, curly hair. And I was just like, this is so bad. But it works because it's so off-putting yeah. that and it, it actually and it, is genuinely terrifying. And it, it also it's also off-putting because the close-up shot of Angela like open mouth growling is, is actually her yeah. actually her. And it's not until you they pull away and you see, you know, the full, full body and you see Angela's penis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, 
that it's it's the mask and you know it's the the hair is uh frizzed out a lot more but <laughs> that open mouth growling and then it uh and i you know what's funny is i remember just like <laughs> i was so shocked that i was just i stood there looking at my screen and i was like my mouth was wide open <laughs> as well and i was like <sighs> kind of like doing my own open it, it's such a great ending <laughs> So the funny part is I caught or I, before they even revealed that Peter was uh was the one who lived when they were when Aunt Martha was talking I I knew like I figured it out and was like oh shit like I was I figured it out right beforehand and I like audibly like gasped and then it happened and I just like like you did just sat there like with my mouth hanging open, just like, what? One little flub that I noticed in the second time around is they show right in the beginning one of the kids that lived. It's very obviously the boy. <laughs> but yeah. I and, wasn't and like I said I wasn't paying and, attention. Yeah. So Yeah. It's very obvious that that's, that's the boy. And then in the scene at the archery where where Mel is killed, that's very obviously Angela's arm holding the bow. Yeah. So but you know those are things that you're not going to pick up the first time around unless I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe you're a genius. I didn't pick up on them. It's funny because I didn't pay attention to the beginning where they showed the boy, but when I watched it with my friend Mackenzie after we finished, she was like, "You know, I thought it was weird that they showed the boy at the beginning and then he just disappeared." But she didn't put two and two together even that uh, that this was that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Angela. So Aunt Martha took in Angela. She already has the son, Ricky. Forces Peter to take on the identity of his dead sister, Angela, and change genders. And also probably causes her... Well, she already had a traumatic experience while literally witnessing her, (laughs) her sister and father die right in front of her. And then is forced to become the opposite gender. Well, not opposite. She, uh, she's forced to become a different gender and assume the role of her dead sister. Right. So, yeah, very, very traumatic uh, life for this girl. And then she just gets bullied all the time. And this also explains why earlier in the movie, Judy talks about why, or asks why Angela doesn't shower with them yeah it's because she has penis okay so remember when I (laughs) she has a penis she she has a penis (laughs) (laughs) so matter of factly uh, just duh (laughs) so I briefly mentioned earlier that I thought that there was a second potentially a second killer yeah so I think that maybe Ricky was the one that killed the three kids. In my second watch through, especially with the the scene with Judy, Ricky is definitely helping her throughout the movie. I don't know if he's helping her because I don't think he knows that she's Peter. Or because he's a because he's away with his dad when Peter moves in. That's very true. And and probably by the time he returns, he's Angela now. Yeah. Yeah, she she has she has become Angela. 
and it's not Peter. Yeah, I just think that killing those those three campers when they really didn't do enough to justify being killed when every everybody that she had killed up until that point and everybody she killed after that point it was like it was justified but with those three kids it really wasn't so i think maybe you know her being thrown in the water him just being berated by mel accused of killing people that might have been a breaking point for ricky to where now he's seeking out his own revenge my only thing with that is the timeline maybe doesn't fit because he goes to the camp. Um, so either Ricky killed these kids before he goes to the mess hall to get the candy bar and then meets Mel. I don't know if there's enough time from when Mel is beating on him. He goes, kills the kids, comes back and lays down like nothing happened. Well, no, I think, I think the idea is that while he was laying down, that's when he was killing. But even still, like, if it was within walking distance for Ricky, why would the, why would Eddie drive his campers to the lake to camp there? So maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's. Yeah, I think that was, that might've been Angela, especially because. Paul is waiting for her and even says, like, I thought you weren't going to show. So obviously she was late. Yeah, so she was doing something. Like, yeah. So it, it was probably Angela. But I like to think it was Ricky because it was, it's just, it's so different yeah. from all the other killings. That is, uh, that is Sleepaway Camp. All right. So I guess we can talk about it a little bit more. Uh, things that we didn't hit on when we were going through it. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those movies where you're either going to really like it or you're going to fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> it is honestly very offensive. <laughs> like, yeah, it, you know, it's very problematic. It's uh, it's a poor it's a poor representation. Yeah, it it it, re- it poorly represents a lot of things like uh, uh, homosexuality, least incest, and like trans uh, gender and. Uh, I guess uh, a lot of people online I was reading uh, think that the ending is transphobic, which, like, I get. I'm more inclined to think that, like, this girl, Angela, has had so many traumatic experiences that it kind of just pushed her over the edge. Not even condoning Angela's actions at all, because even if you get bullied, like, you shouldn't be killing people. <laughs> But yeah, I just think I, that I mean, I just think she was pushed a little too far over the edge, and also she didn't have, you know, her aunt Martha is not the best role model for sanity. So right, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a straight white guy. Who am I to say what's potentially offensive to yeah the trans right to you know yeah? But I think that it it definitely would have been transphobic if she was a killer only because she was trans. Yeah. I don't think she's a killer only because she's trans. I think she's a killer because of all of the, the combination of all the trauma that she's experienced in her short life up until that point. Yeah. And even, Um, and even with us saying that, like, obviously if anyone thinks differently and is like, that's transphobic, obviously completely, uh, it completely agree. I completely agree. (laughs) Yeah. There there is a scenario where I, I see it, 
exactly as uh as Absolutely. that and uh so i don't know if there's any right or wrong ways to view this uh i think whatever your opinion on it is is valid i mean unless you're like angela should have killed those kids and they were sleeping in the bunk or in the woods i'd be like mm, i don't know about that but uh yeah it's uh it's definitely I, I it's just, definitely a problematic film. <laughs> I do though just appreciate that the movie just fucking like it just goes there. Like it doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It, it does not care. It's just like you're like, gonna watch it, this movie and this is what we have to say. Yeah, it it I feel like it's probably a lost art in filmmaking. Like where a a vast majority of films nowadays have like some like political or you know social meaning attached to it where this one's just like <laughs> it's just fucking insane for a movie in the 80s so it's like all of these things are taboo in the 80s and this movie just shoves them all at you yeah that is honestly very uh very refreshing to see that a lot of these things are like taboo like you said a lot of these a lot of these subjects are taboo homosexuality uh transgender you know like who the fuck? <laughs> homosexuality was like uh looked down upon was frowned upon yeah. especially in this era and it wouldn't even really be viewed highly until m more recent years like and even then a lot of people still look down on it so like for a movie in 1983 to be like we're going to show you two men having sex. Like, that's bold. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know what? We're talking about, like, the meaning of, like, her trauma and stuff like that. But honestly, like, I think the director was just like, this will be shocking. Which, yeah. Is it, honestly, value. Which is honestly kind of transphobic. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're, we're kind of, like, giving uh, someone the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if. I mean, he really I deserves it. They really deserve it. So Fair there's enough. a lot of ways to interpret uh, the ending. But you know what? It genuinely shocked me and I will remember it forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember the last time an ending to a movie like had me that shook. Yeah. It. Yeah. This movie was good, man. It, it was good. It's It's problematic. <laughs> So it's, it's this, problematic, but it's good. This movie <laughs> succeeds despite having not great acting. Uh, some of the uh, logistics of scenes don't make sense to me. And uh, there are some problematic things. But honestly, regard, despite despite all of these flaws, it somehow works for me. Yeah, it on paper, this movie shouldn't work. Because I'm, I'm not even a fan of the Friday the 13th films. Like, I haven't seen them all, but, like, the ones I've seen, like, they're okay, but, like, I think this movie is better than Friday <gasps> the 13th. Travis. But yeah, on paper, this movie shouldn't work for me, but <laughs> I love it, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm eternally grateful for this recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know honestly you know how funny? I feel about that. <laughs> Is is <laughs> man? I I've watched this movie twice in the past few days, and honestly, after talking about it, 
I want to go watch it again. And I kind of <laughs> was just watching it now. Like it was playing as we were recording. <laughs> I want to go watch. <laughs> yeah. I want to. It's definitely a movie. I, I would like to. I definitely want to sit my fiance down and watch it with her oh to get her my reaction. God. Dude. Like, I gotta have that experience Dude, of like I gotta see somebody's reaction to it live. I have to. Your fiance is gonna Holy shit. I wish I was there to see her reaction to that because <laughs> her face I can even I can just imagine her facial expression, like the side eye and just like Maybe uh maybe I'll get her to agree to let me record her. <laughs> And if if I don't if I don't post it online, maybe at least I'll show you. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely uh I definitely want that experience to get somebody. I actually want to go on YouTube and just watch reaction videos. <laughs> yeah, that I typically don't like reaction videos, but that's one where I would, yeah, I, hate, I, would I hate reaction videos. Where I would be like, all right, I'll watch this. You know what the thing about reaction videos is? Is it's like a lot of the times I'll watch like gaming videos, and uh, the reaction videos I guess suggest that are like. Watch this person watch a Nintendo Direct. And I'm just like, yeah. why the fuck do I give a shit about how this person... Like, unless it's somebody that I'm like, all right, I fuck with this person. Uh, right. Like, like I don't... I want to watch the Nintendo Direct by myself. <laughs> I don't want to watch you watch it. Um, right. But, I would like to formulate my own opinion. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this... uh. I this is definitely uh, worthy this. worthy of a reaction. Yeah, I'm um, gonna watch some after this. So, what's the measuring stick uh, for the? For, you know, <laughs> what's the measuring stick? We're not we're not doing stars. Was sleeping bags? <laughs> Slaughtered children. <I'm>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, good question. There's a lot of things that could uh, that could. That could be it. Um, also, I don't, we briefly skimmed by this, but Mozart is a great character. First of all, his name is Mozart, and I'm pretty sure that's a nickname, but I love that his nickname is Mozart. And Mozart is just a doof. Like, he's a big doofus who wa <laughs> looks at porno mags in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> plays electronic video games in the in the outfield. Uh yeah, good shit. Um yeah. Let's see. I feel like the knife is too uh you know, the knife is too uh, what am I trying to say here? Um I was trying to like come up with a a, a scale and I was going to say the knife, but that seems just uh yeah. What am I trying to say here? I don't know. It uh doesn't feel right. So Um We could do a I don't know, I just keep coming back to sleeping bags. Yeah, let's do sleeping bags. Right. I'm, I'm gonna well, give this sleeping bags out of five. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this a solid I give it a solid three sleeping bags out of five, which is a... Uh, Coincidentally, the amount of children that get slaughtered. Uh, <laughs> I gave this movie a four out of ten when somebody was telling me about it. I was like, it's a solid four out of ten. I'll give it a five, though. Like, the ending alone is probably worth, like, 
On a scale of 10, the ending is worth like three, four points by itself. And then everything else, just all the quotables and just the absurd, uh, the absurd sure. deaths and all that stuff. But I'll give it a three out of five. Uh, three sleeping bags out of five. What do you say? Okay. You ready? You... Are you ready? Yeah. 4.5 sleeping bags out of five. A half a child? 4.5. <laughs> Just pause decapitated head. That, that's all. That <laughs> <laughs> I give this a three pause decapitated head out of five. <laughs> oh man, that is so fucking funny. Oh man. All right, man. Yeah, four point five. Man, you really liked it, <laughs> dude. I loved this movie. Honestly, I was so teetering. Much. I was teetering between two and three, and really leaning toward two. But then I was like, the three just seems right because of the, the amount of kids that died. Uh, man, yeah. And the first time, the first time I watched it. Oh no, I, both times. This movie is just so bad. It's good. Yeah, totally. It's, but I also don't think it's bad though. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I, bad. I don't know. But also, it's, it's good. Okay. It's <laughs> it's so. Is it offensive to say it's so problematic that it's good? <laughs> Probably, but uh, at least for the time. Like, okay, if this movie came out today, I'm like, oh okay, my get this God. shit out of here. Get get this out of here. Like, you know what is the problem? If it came though, out, I think to, if it with, came, what? I was thinking the problem with it coming out today is I think it would be taken like too seriously. Like it would. In terms of filming, yeah. too. And I'm not saying, like, the director, like, wrote it or, you know, was directing it as, like, a, a kind of, you know, flimsy... Or not flimsy, but just kind of, you know... uh, Like, not a care in the world, nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, whatever, this movie sucks, let's just film it, I don't care. Like, because obviously, you know, when you make art, you want it to be the best uh, that it can be, and you want it to be you know, as you intend it to be like, you want it from the moment you write the script and, you know, and then you go and film it, you want it to be your vision. So obviously mm -hmm. I'm not saying that like, uh, the director just kind of was like, this sucks. Let's make it. But, you know, cause obviously they put a lot of work into it, but I think there's obviously elements of it that are cheesy and they're expected to be. Um, and I think if it was made in 2022, it would be made to be like a very gritty, serious film with social, uh, uh, social, uh, commentary and stuff. And yeah, you know, that's bad, <laughs> but a, a silly little movie that's like yeah. cheesy and knows it is, but also is like, you know, put together with hard work. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has balls, man. This movie... you, know, you know who else has balls? <laughs> Angel. <laughs> Angel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're we're at about two hours and fifteen minutes here. Yeah, we had, we had a lot. Be, this is by far our longest episode. 
We had a lot to talk about with Sleepaway Camp. Again, it is problematic, offensive, not not very uh, well acted in. <laughs> and somehow... And we're giving away a copy to the first person who comments from the last episode. <laughs> yep, so if you... Uh, if if you commented on it, we are, if you commented on our Twitter or Instagram account, the first person to do it gets a copy of the Blu-ray Sleepaway Camp Special Edition from Shout Factory. Um, Hell yeah, baby! So you're welcome for exposing you to good films. <laughs> good, good. Um. But yeah, if if you got it, you know, obviously we're recording this before, uh, but we'll give you a shout out in uh, the episode where we actually release it and send it to you. Right. You'll get a shout out someday. But That's if anybody actually comments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're a small show now. We'll give we'll give any we'll give anybody a shout out. Any fucking body. <laughs> You get a copy. You get a copy. Oh, not copies. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. We'll give, we'll give a oh, shout man. outs though. No, I'll be like, <laughs> right. you get a Blu-ray. You get a shout out. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, all right, man. Well, that's sleepaway camp. We, uh, we bring this. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring this thing to a crash landing and uh, <laughs> let's give some recommendations and let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, so. I don't have a recommendation like usual, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a left turn today and I'm going to, I'm going to recommend you watch. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to both recommend and not recommend you watch Sleepaway Camp 2 <laughs> because it's really it's called Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers. It came out in 1988. Uh, it stars a completely different person as Angela. So we still have Angela in uh, a camping sort of role. It's a completely different actress. Actually, oddly enough, it is uh, Pamela Springsteen, who is the sister of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah uh it's honestly very bad uh but it's funny so you know if you if you're even a little bit intrigued you can check it out it's not good so i don't i don't recommend it and i also recommend it <laughs> all right i'm gonna stay on theme a little bit here i'm gonna stay in the realm of horror and I don't know, I might have recommended this before, but I don't think so. So if I have, you know, sorry. <laughs> My bad. I'm I'm going to recommend a podcast called Let's Not Meet. So basically this podcast is just a bunch of like, uh, I guess, true horror stories. You know, uh, people who write in like scary encounters with like real people um the first few episodes there are some really good stories in there it's just it's like so people telling stories of like being stalked home or like 
scary encounters with like real people. Okay. Like they're like true horror stories. I mean, true if you choose to believe. I mean, somebody could just be making them up and <laughs> writing them in as real, but um so I don't I don't get freaked out easily, but I remember like when I first discovered this podcast, some of the stories that like the people were writing in like gave me chills. Ooh. Yeah, that was terrifying. Like one like one of them like someone wrote in like when they were kids, every time their parents would leave, like like they would go out on a date night, there would be like a stranger who showed up at their house and would try to break in. Um there was another oh, one where like this girl lived in an Yeah, there was another one where like this girl lived in an apartment and her neighbor like kept breaking into her house. There was another one where this girl had like a stalker for her entire life. And she couldn't get away from him. Like, it's real, like, crazy shit. So, it's like, you know, if you want to get creeped out and, uh, the, uh, the other horror podcasts aren't really doing it for you, maybe, uh, try something that's, uh, at least labeled as true horror or real horror stories. <laughs> I hope if you're, if you made it to this part of the episode, you've seen the film. If, if not, um, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, but you made a grave mistake by listening to this episode and not experiencing that ending. But, you know, you know, we're not going to give anything else away, but, you know, if you want to tweet at us or write us on Instagram, and maybe you can tell us about your reaction to the ending of Sleepaway Camp. And, you know, obviously, if you, uh, if you feel, if you have any other stronger feelings about the movie that maybe we didn't touch on, you know, we are open to hearing about them. You know, we're always open to learn. Well, we're always open to other perspectives other than our own, I should say. Yep. But, um, yeah, guys, thank you uh, again. Thanks for listening to the episode. And remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. So find your passion, embrace it, be the nerd that you are. Bye. I might bleep it out because it might be funny, but because it, it spoils the ending. <laughs> but she's walking away like she has a boner. <laughs> <laughs> like how she's just like hunched over and walking up the steps. Like, <laughs> yeah, the boner. <laughs> yeah, flip that boner in your. Uh... Yeah, flip that in your waistband. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll, cut, I'll cut that part out. But. <laughs>